Hello, and welcome to episode 140 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Lakshmi V, Charlotte E, Rebecca P, and James P to The Modern Manager community. It has been great to chat with some of you already in our private members-only Slack group, and I look forward to supporting you even more. To check out the various perks and levels of membership, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. And don't forget, if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of whatever membership level you choose. Also, if you are looking for more podcasts to listen to to support your rockstar managerial journey, I have linked in the show notes to Feedspot's article, Top 25 Team Building Podcasts You Must Follow in 2021. And I am so honored that The Modern Manager was number one on their list. So you have obviously a great choice in podcasts. I have listened to a few of the shows that they included in their list, and I agree they have done a great job in finding shows that speak to managers and team collaboration. Now, today's guest is Alana Zivkovich. Alana is the founder and CEO of Work, a strategic leadership advisory firm headquartered in Austin, Texas, serving clients around the country and abroad. An experienced executive leader and certified executive coach and certified Genos emotional intelligence practitioner, Alana helps leadership teams align their people, processes, and strategy so that business can achieve exceptional results. Alana and I talk about EQ, emotional intelligence, what it really is, why it is a critical skill set for managers, the three different dimensions of it, and how to develop your emotional intelligence capabilities. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Alana, it's such a pleasure to have you today. I am really excited for our conversation because we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, which is not something we've talked about before. And it's something that I feel like people don't talk about enough. And so I'm really happy for you to be here today. Yes, thank you for having me. Looking forward to talking about it. All right, so let's just jump right in here because emotional intelligence, I don't even know if everybody knows what that term is or EQ. So maybe you can start with just giving us a, a definition or an overview of what this whole thing is. Yes, no, great place to start. That's part of, I think, where people get confused is it can seem like this big amorphous, what does it actually mean? If I'm going to practice it, what do I actually do type of concept, you know, high in the sky. So a definition that can be more easily remembered, emotional intelligence, first of all, is a skill set. It's something that we can practice. It's not something that you're either born with or without. So good news, if you're wondering, is my emotional intelligence, my EQ high enough, you can grow it. So that's the good news. But with that said, emotional intelligence are really the behaviors that we apply that have to do with how aware am I of what's going on for me, first of all, self-awareness, how tuned in am I to what's going on with you, so sort of that empathy or awareness of others, and then how do I combine those different types of awareness to act, to behave in ways that cater to those emotionally in tune pieces of information. So how's my emotional self-control? You know, if I feel angry, do I throw a chair out the window? Do I pretend it doesn't exist and brush it under the rug? Or do I go, hmm, I'm feeling angry. I should process this somehow, right? So it's awareness of self, 
being tuned into others, and then the behaviors that follow that honor that information gained from being tuned in. So I'm thinking about myself here for a second and thinking like, I actually have really low EQ because I'm not a particularly emotional person and I'm not very good at picking up the cues of other people, especially people I don't know very well. So I'm wondering like, is this something that is like, are there certain personality types that just are naturally good at this and make others just people like me who are just like not so good at it? Or is this something that kind of like we all have to kind of just figure out and develop over the course of time? Well, first of all, you actually did just display some good emotional intelligence because you said, hey, I think this might be something I'm not that good at and gave some examples of why. That's the cornerstone of emotional intelligence actually is self-awareness. That's the first step. So you got the first step right there in that little (laughs) example. Um, but yes, I mean, like with anything, there's going to be, um, for some, this is a skill set that's going to come more naturally. They're going to seem like it just flows out of them for others. It's going to be harder. If you put me on a basketball court with Michael Jordan, no matter how hard I try, he's going to be better than me, you know, and he probably was a long time ago as well. So there is some natural predisposition. A lot of that has to do with how we, you know, roll out of the womb, but also how we were raised, what types of things we were exposed to and just our natural personalities. But that doesn't prevent us from growing the skill set. And especially as managers, the thing, you know, to really pay attention to, I know that's who listens to, to these podcasts, the thing to really pay attention to is emotional intelligence has been shown to be one of our fastest and most effective routes to effectively leading our people. So, you know, some folks will look at it and go, oh, well, I'm not that tuned in, or I'm not that emotional, or whatever the case may be. And eh, does it really matter? I kind of, I'm fine with that. That's an okay perspective, but what I would say is it's going to limit your ability to lead effectively. So it's a skill set worth looking at. That makes sense. And I'm, I'm like imagining or not imagining, I'm remembering a specific meeting that I was in where afterwards a colleague came over and said like, you know, I'm really concerned. I don't think that went very well. And like, did you see this person's face and that? And I was just like, really? I thought the meeting was great. And then afterwards it turned out that it had not gone so well. And I just totally misread the room, which is why I said earlier, I don't think I'm very good at this, but I can see completely in that moment, how having high EQ. And if I had been able to pick up on what was really happening under the surface or kind of what was going on for people, it would have been a different meeting. Like I could have engaged differently. I could have followed up differently, but I was so out of sync that it, it just, you know, it took somebody else <laughs> really bringing it to my attention. So I completely agree that developing this is critical for managers to be able to lead effectively. Yes. Yes. No, and I'll, 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 I don't know, pair it back to your story, story from my own experience. So when I was a relatively uh, new manager, I was leading a team. I was in a situation where I was running a division of a large company and someone who was two or three rungs, let me think, two rungs above me in the organization. He was a member of the executive team for the national organization, a C-level person. He came in to provide what was supposed to be a training for my local division team and I had a good relationship with my team. Things were going well, but I was a very young chronologically, as well as in terms of my experience manager. And he was a well-experienced person. Everyone respected him, et cetera. And he comes in to provide this training. And during the training, my perception was he steamrolled me. And I really struggled to find my voice. 
he made a bunch of comments that I didn't assume he was doing on purpose, but that really put me down in front of my team. And, you know, he was going to be there for two hours uh, meeting with our division. I was going to be there for multiple years. <laughs> so I, I knew that wasn't going to be a productive dynamic. And what I really wanted to do in that moment, I'll be really honest with you, what I really wanted to do was run away from the meeting, get into my car, call a girlfriend and just vent and, you know, talk badly about this person who had done me wrong and drive away and like, hopefully not see him again. <laughs> and, and in that moment, I was able to recognize that that was what I was wanting to do and kind of play that tape through and go, okay, so you're having this desire, kind of this fight, flight, or freeze thing is kicked off from you. Calm down, you know, like recognize that that's the impulse. Now, what can you actually do in this moment that's going to move this forward in a productive way for you, for your team, for the division, for your career, you know, all of that. And what I ended up doing was asking the, you know, senior leader after the meeting, if we could have a few minutes one-on-one -on -one in my office and in a sort of healthy conflict way, brought up what I had experienced, what, where I thought that could be a consequence in a bad way for the ongoing efficacy of the team and, you know, brought it all to the surface. It was really interesting because as scary as that was, and as much as I didn't want to do it, you know, I was wanting to run away and hide and <laughs> et cetera. It was after that confrontation that I perceive I earned that man's respect. And he, in future trainings and future meetings, he no longer engaged in those behaviors because he had been made aware of them, one. And I think he, you know, I'd earned some respect. So emotional intelligence was the skill set needed there to prevent me from doing what I really wanted to do, which was run and hide you know, and throw stones at him and do the thing that would actually move, move me and move the business forward. So it, it's just it's such an important skill. So let's talk about how to develop these different aspects of emotional intelligence, because I'm imagining that there are some people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I totally would have just like run out of the room and got in my car and cried or like, you know, done some other crazy thing. So how do we get better at these different pieces? And maybe we can kind of walk through each of these different dimensions. Yes. OK, so first step is that self-awareness. If we don't have self-awareness, we're kind of dead in the water. And the reason is if we don't know, if we're not tuned into what's going on inside of us, then how can we hope to engage productively with the people outside of us, you know, the rest of the world? So on self-awareness, there's two sort of facets of that. The first one you showed really well a moment ago, it's this big picture self-awareness that goes, hey, these are the types of things that I'm good at and the types of things that I'm not so predisposed to. Here's my general communication style, how I show up, how people perceive me sort of that awareness of how we tend to behave in the world, right? It's big picture. So that's the first angle. The second angle of self-awareness is that momentary awareness, which was shown in my story, where I wanted to run and flee and throw rocks. I had to be aware of that in order to not kind of cave to those urges. So the second type of self-awareness is being present in the moment to what's coming up for us. And there are different strategies that can help us build both types of self-awareness. So if we want to get into those, I'm happy to, but both, both types are really important. Yeah, let's take, let's take a few minutes to kind of talk through strategies for each of those, because I think, you know, different people are going to have strengths or, or challenges with each of them. Yes. Okay. So on the first, then that big picture self-awareness, knowing sort of how you generally tend to show up in the world, there's nothing better than feedback. 
know? um, especially as we get into leadership positions, sometimes it gets actually harder and harder to receive feedback. So we need to ask for it. Talk to people about what they perceive as your strengths, your weaknesses, your communication style. If your company doesn't already offer it, see if there is any availability for some, you know, personality assessments, character profiling, 360s, you know, where you actually get to get that live feedback from folks around you. Take in data that can help you understand more about how you operate, how you tick. Talk to your partner or your adult children or your parents or your friends, you know, have these conversations that are intentionally explorative. And when you go into those conversations, rather than going in with a mindset of, I want to prove that I'm good enough or something like that, go in with the mindset of, I just want to understand how I show up. You know, I just want to understand when we can be sort of that investigator who's more curious rather than more judgmental, that's where we start to get power. For example, I'm someone who scores really low on any assessment I've ever taken in terms of my detail orientation. I'm not very thorough. I'm not very analytical. My husband and my friends and my family would tell you that I move way too fast. I'm very intuitive. I, you know, kind of shoot from the hip, that kind of thing. So for me, it's not so much about pretending that that doesn't exist. It's about understanding that it does, that that's my natural predisposition and then figuring out how to utilize that to my benefit and how to build strategies around myself, whether that's with other people or with some processes or, you know, et cetera. So that where that could get in my way, that moving too quickly or not being detail oriented enough doesn't end up being a big problem for what I ultimately want to achieve. So really going in with that, that, that eye to understand rather than to defend or to judge oneself. That would be the first. That's great. And I cannot agree more that having that self-awareness through self-assessments, through talking to people who will be honest with you and really trust what they say and that they're giving you feedback from a place of love and sincerity, like it totally changes how you understand yourself. And I will speak like, you know, I will just say for myself, like I have done that a few times over the course of my adult life. And every time that I ask people, you know, what do you see as my strengths and, and what are the things that you would never ask me to help you with? Or kind of like, what are the things that, that I don't do so well that I should avoid if I want to be really successful in my career, in my relationships? It is so helpful and often surprising, but it's worth it. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if, if folks listening don't have a good mentor and or a good coach and or a you know, boss or manager that sort of fills those roles, see about finding one. You know, I've been so lucky to have some amazing mentors um, and coaches and leaders, et cetera, in my life. And, you know, when you find them, grab on and ask the tough questions, you know don't leave a meeting without asking, okay, what, what additional feedback do you have to help me be better? You know, that kind of open-ended question that lets them just kind of consider and, and share with you in that, you know, solution oriented way about how you can improve that people get very afraid of those conversations. So they don't ask the question, but if you don't ask, you can't get the information you need to grow. Completely. All right. How about the, in the moment self-awareness? Because I think this is probably the thing that most of us struggle with more. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we think about the in the moment um, picture like an old time ship <laughs> uh, way before radar or sonar, fancy navigation tools in an old time, big vessel, an ocean you know, faring vessel. There was a really important role called a scout called different things. We call it a scout. 
And that person, usually a man at the time, but could have, could have been anyone, that person would sit high up on the ship, sometimes in something really rudimentary, like a barrel, you know, lashed onto the mast up high. And their only job was to look and to accurately report on what they saw. It wasn't to judge it or to change it or anything like that. They were just up there to be an accurate reporter. So that's an iceberg was a different report than there's our destination, a nice island, right? But that role was extremely important. If they didn't report accurately, then the ship could be really doomed, right? So we, we use that, that metaphor to help people think about self-awareness in the moment. It's not about judging or changing what's happening for you. It's simply about uh, you know, developing that capacity to be really curious and relentlessly honest with yourself. So there's an acronym that we utilize that folks seem to grab onto a bunch of our clients have you know, written it down on a post-it next to their computer, on the back of their door, you know, whatever. And the acronym is POWER. The P stands for pause. So when I start to feel any sort of escalation, maybe it's a tingling in my palms, maybe my heart is racing a little bit faster, maybe I'm starting to want to go into that fight, flight, or freeze, maybe I'm having racing thoughts, you know, whatever it feels like inside of me, the first thing I need to do, P for power, is pause. The second thing I need to do is just observe. Again, this is that scout, just literally observe what's coming up for me right now. O for observe. The W stands for widen. So I need to get a little bit bigger in my context, not just what's coming up for me right now, what might I be feeling, et cetera, but widen that out. Hmm, I only got three hours of sleep last night and I haven't had anything to eat since breakfast. <laughs> that might be affecting how I'm feeling right now. You know, so widen your perspective, take in a little bit more about what might be coming up for you. And then E and R go together. E is elect, as in make a choice. And R is respond. The point of self-awareness at the end of the day is that we can respond rather than react. So that acronym works you all the way through that process. But the very first pieces that we're talking about here, it's all about that non-judgmental, relentlessly honest scout. That's a brilliant acronym. I'm totally adding that to my desktop little <laughs> sticky note section so that I can remind myself of those things. Okay. All right. I want to move on to another dimension of EQ. So what is the second space? So the second space would be kind of mirroring that self-awareness. Is that being tuned into others, right? So that ability to pick up on cues, to read other people, to we're never going to be 100%. We're never going to know what's going on inside of someone else. But if we practice being tuned in, we can get a lot closer. So that, that would be the second space. All right. And what are some of the strategies that we can use to help develop our ability to be more aware and pay greater attention and kind of accurately pick up on the emotional resonance of others? Great. Yeah. So first thing, we live in such a distracted, multitasking, tech-enabled time. Um, so the first thing that we have to do is when we're interacting with another person, actually give them our focus, whether that's on the phone or in person or Zoom or whatever. Actually pay attention to them. Look at them in the eye. <laughs> Observe their body language. When you ask a question, actually listen to what they're saying. You know, don't prep your next question or your, you know, response or whatever. Just really listen. The first thing is just really being present and not 
letting ourselves, you know, ask a question while sending a text and driving in our car and eating a sandwich. <laughs> really being tuned in to other people would be the first step. It's so funny you say that because I feel like especially right now where everybody is having all of our meetings virtually, that it is so hard to really listen because there's so much distraction. And it's really hard to pick up on some of the signs that we maybe would be able to feel in a room, like just the energy level or people's facial expressions. Yes, we're, we can see their video camera, but like it, that's not quite the same. Any, do you have any tips for like how to, how to do that in a virtual world? Yeah, and it's not it's not easy. Zoom and, and you know video conferencing, it's a great alternative, especially in current times, but it's never gonna nothing's gonna replace in person. So one, give yourself some slack, you know, all of us. <laughs> um, but two, when we are on Zoom, couple things or any video platform, couple things. One, sample turning off your own camera. <laughs> this one, it it's it doesn't sound like it would make a big difference, but you know, most of us on video conferences, if you don't adjust the settings, you're watching yourself as well as other people. And that creates this subconscious oftentimes need to perform in a way that if we're in a, you know, in-person meeting, we're not aware of if a hair is askew or like, you know, the, how the, I don't know, wall color behind us is playing with our blouse or so, you know, <laughs> these things that come up when we see ourselves on video. So Sample turning your own camera off. I promise you look like yourself, you know? um, but turn that off so that you don't have that distraction actually of looking at yourself, that sort of self-conscious piece that comes up. That would be number one. Number two, when hosting, especially if you're a manager, when hosting a video meeting, see about sending out materials beforehand and or sharing things via a link during the meeting that folks can access on their own. You know, a lot of folks these days have multiple screens. Point being, try to limit the amount of time that you spend screen sharing a document or a website or whatever. When we screen share on a video meeting, it makes all of the faces really small. And we can only see, depending on the program, you know, four or five people. So you, you immediately lose that ability to be tuned in, you know, facial expressions and whatnot. So try, try sharing out materials before and not screen sharing wherever possible. That would be number two. And then number three, and this is back to kind of what you, what you mentioned here, it's such a like game of self-control to limit our own distractions. We can all turn our video off or leave it on for that matter and be doing six other things while in a meeting. And I know a lot of people do that. They feel like it's out of necessity. But if you're doing that, you're, you're really... We are not good at multitasking. We think we are, we're not. <laughs> so not only are you limiting your ability to connect, but your ability to contribute to that meeting. So really limit that multitasking as well. Good advice. I've never heard this idea of turning your video, like your own video of yourself off so other people can see you, but you can't. But as soon as you were, as soon as you were saying that, I was like, I totally do that. I totally sit in the meetings and I'm like, oh, that light looks funny in the background. I need to turn my camera this way. And Exactly. <laughs> my hair looks weird right now. I better focus on that rather than what they're saying. <laughs> that's not useful. Um, yes. Yes. So I can, I can see how, how that compiled with all of these other great tips around, you know, keeping cameras on and bigger is, is helpful. So, all right, let's move to the last one, the last piece of emotional intelligence. Yeah. So that's around emotional self-control, emotional regulation, different folks will call it 
different things, how you bring your emotional awareness into your action. So the, the first two are all about just being tuned in. The last one's more about action. And so in this one, when we go back to our power acronym, that's where that elect and respond comes in, you know, real heavy. As I mentioned, we want to be in a position where we are responding to the world and to ourselves and to other people, not reacting. And so some good just sort of initial tips here are getting curious about times that you walk away from a meeting or a conversation and you kind of have that sinking pit of your stomach feeling of like, oh, I didn't like how I handled that. I don't like how that went. I don't feel good. Rather than just walking away from that and going, it's okay, I'm going to binge Netflix or, you know, try to not see that person again or whatever the case may be, try to kind of defend against it. Get curious about what went on in that conversation. What did you do? What was your part that made it not feel good at the end of the day? That's probably going to be often an area that you can start to look at in terms of your response patterns. What could you have done in that moment to respond more effectively in a way that you could later look back on and be really proud of and feel good about? not react in a way that you later go back on and go, ooh, you know, wish I could go back in time. So that's a place to start. I think that's so helpful. And I know one of the things that has helped me over time is taking like a pause and saying, tell me more. So like when I want to defend myself, when I want to like argue back with someone, instead of saying whatever it is that's going to come out of my mouth, I just stop myself and I say, okay, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. And it gives me a chance to just one, be curious and hear more, like you're saying, and to not take the conversation into a downward spiral, which is what often happens once we get into this back and forth. But instead of just like, you know, taking that pause. Yes. No, I love that. You're buying yourself time. <laughs> First of all, you're letting your kind of fight, flight, or freeze response, calm down, but you're also actually getting more information so that you can respond in a more accurate way. So I love that. Tell me more or help me understand, or can we talk about this a bit further? Whatever. I I love that. Good intervention. This has been really helpful. I will just say for myself as someone who I think could continue to develop my emotional intelligence capabilities, but we are now at the end of our time. So can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? Uh, I have so many, which is very lucky, but the, the one that's coming to mind, he was a CEO. I was a member of the executive team and he was such a delight to work for. But the, the story that's coming to mind for me that exemplifies why we had been in a sort of shared facilitation with a, an external party, folks that we were wanting to do business with. And I thought it went really well, you <laughs> know, kind of bouncing, bouncing down from it. We're in the car, we're driving back to the airport. And he says, I have some feedback for you. And I said, oh, and, you know, I immediately got that kind of like rush of blood, like little constricted feeling, like I want the feedback, but I, I kind of joke, like I want the feedback 24 hours later. It's so hard to receive it in the moment, even though I know it's good for me. But, but I said, okay, you know, please tell me. And he said, you get so excited in these meetings, you interrupt me and you finish sentences that you, you think it's how I'm going to finish, but it's not. And it really gets in the way of us communicating effectively. I want you to take a look at that. And <laughs> it was one of these like square target gut punch moments where I was like, yep, I do that. That is totally accurate. 
And despite my desire to like run away from that feedback, it's so useful. And I share that story, it kind of ties in with what we talked about earlier. He was such a good leader because he had the ability to go to those places in a way that did not feel shameful, did not you know, leave me wanting to not be a member of his team or anything like that, but that really felt productive and was very brave. You know, it's t- it takes a lot of bravery to be that forthcoming. And he did it in just a very simple way. And that, you know, that was one of many examples, but he was really a phenomenal leader, mentor, and in the end, friend. Uh, I wish all managers could be that straightforward in giving feedback. We can all aspire to it. Yeah. So tell us, Alana, where can people keep up with you and learn more about what you're doing? Yes. Yeah, so our company is Work. We're an executive coaching firm. You can find us at Work People. That's W-E-R-Q-P-E-O-P-L-E.com. You can follow us on social, LinkedIn, Twitter, or if you're interested in me personally, the best place is LinkedIn. I'm terrible with social media. So LinkedIn, message me. I'm happy to connect. Thank you again for sharing all your wisdom today. Oh, thank you very much. Alana has offered 10% off her team chemistry workshops. These workshops are the perfect way to reach new levels of success using data-backed personality assessments alongside proven coaching mythology for an incredible team-strengthening experience. To learn more, the link is in the show notes. And to get the discount, you need to become a member of the Modern Manager community by going to themodernmanager.com slash join. As always, all the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter, which is at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit Meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.